What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Bat Flip, where we discuss everything baseballs. A great weekend of college baseball, not only in Houston, but the rest of the country. I just love seeing college baseball grow. Um, and it seems like fan bases are really buying into the sport. You know, maybe it helps that um, MLB is being the MLB. But, uh, yeah, it's really cool to see. And this is a good weekend for Tennessee to really prove that they belong inside that top ten. We all thought they should be up there. But uh, I guess they need a little bit more um, convincing to do to D1 Baseball and Baseball America. And uh, D1 Baseball today released their rankings, and Tennessee is at number nine. So jumps up, or is it number 10? Number 10? I think it's 10. I think basketball yeah, is nine. Yeah, that's right. Um, only program in America that has a top 10 baseball team, top 10 basketball team. So that's pretty cool. Um, this weekend, I know Friday didn't go as planned. You ran into a really, really great Texas team at their best on Friday night. True freshman on the mound. Chase Burns absolutely shoved it. Hate that he couldn't get the win. Um, Tennessee just really didn't have the bats going. And, uh, you know, we'll get into that a, a little bit, but it seems like you kind of took it out on your next opponents, especially after Baylor went up four to nothing. Um, the last 18 innings that you played in Houston, Tennessee had 18 runs – or, se- sorry, 17 innings. Tennessee had 18 runs and opponents had just one. So pretty phenomenal, uh, pretty dominant. Those last 17 innings, those, you know, after the first inning of, or I guess during that first inning, but just the top half of that first inning at Baylor, the rest of us pretty smooth sailing and uh, just taking care of business on Tennessee's part. So, what are some things that you kind of saw this weekend in Houston? I was, I was going to say we took care of the Big 12, but you've got a Big 12 SEC crossover right now. We've got Texas, Oklahoma. Big 12, two SEC, Baylor, we don't know what they'll do. I guess they're Big 12 still. But, I mean, it, it good weekend overall, I think. Like you said, the bats weren't really working I mean, against Texas. But, I mean, it. you kind of have to wonder how much that's your bats, how much is you're going against the number one team in the country. And, I mean, I think we played like a top ten team. Obviously, Baseball America, D1 Baseball, whoever it is, out of the thousands of rankings, it looks like consensus pretty close where we're a top 10 team now so I think you got 90 percent of what you came for I mean you yeah you wanted the retribution against Texas but you you had a freshman starting who still performed really well I think and you've seen that not only him but we'll get in I know I'll definitely get into Drew Beam later you saw two young guys that, like we've said before, just keeps the excitement going for the young core that we've got. So, I you wanted to beat Texas, but, I mean, you're you, – like you said, you took it out the next two games. Yeah, let, let's go by – let's go game by game, kind of break this down a little bit. So, number one, Texas Friday night. Um, dropped that one 7-2. to two. Um, It was 1-1 one to one going into the sixth inning. Chase Burns just shoved it against the number one team in the country. Um, pitch five innings, two hits, one on run, one walk, 10 Ks. You go to Camden Sewell, who's been your workhorse, um, you know, kind of that Sean Hunley type guy since the beginning of this season and even, you know, played a little bit of that role last season as well. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, didn't. Um, 
you maybe like looking back on it, yeah, maybe you ride Chase Burns another inning. But I mean, Camden Sewell has all the trust in the world, and I think he would admit that he didn't have his best stuff that night. But you know, it it is what it is. I mean that that's a really good pitcher. I you know I feel good about a game going into the sixth inning, tied one to one with the number one team in the country with Camden Sewell on the mound. Yeah, they. There's not much of a better situation that you could ask for than that. I mean, that's just that's the number one team in the country playing like the number one team in the country. They they didn't they didn't slack off. You you had to. I wonder if if you left Burns in, but I mean, honestly, we haven't really seen him. We I mean, we haven't seen him pitch a complete game shutout, anything like that yet. So you don't really know, especially with the freshman. Maybe maybe the fifth inning is his limit. Maybe it's the sixth inning where the same thing would have happened anyway. And maybe maybe it's better that it didn't happen to him as a freshman right then. Maybe you know a guy like Camden Sewell, he'll be fine. Like he he gave up a few runs. He's done it before in his career. It won't be the last time either. But I mean, it maybe maybe it's a blessing in disguise that it didn't happen to Burns, and maybe that shakes his confidence a little bit. You you let you get him out with ten Ks right there, so he's. I mean, I, I know he's a competitor. He wants to win just as bad as anybody on this team does. But I I feel like he probably felt pretty good about himself leaving the game, even even if he did get pulled a little bit earlier than he wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a guy that Camden Sewell is a guy you're going to ride with. And I, I think Texas probably got some confidence when they didn't see Chase Burns back on the mound. So, you know, if that doesn't happen that inning, if you go out with Chase Burns – you know, he's got to come out eventually. So he comes out, you know, the si- after the sixth, does the same thing happen in the seventh? I mean, who who knows? Right. Like I said, woulda, shoulda, coulda, didn't. Um, what didn't happen <clears throat> was Tennessee's bats weren't hot. Um, I think your first two batters combined 0 for 9 with five strikeouts. So <clears throat> usually when you have that, that's, you know, recipe for probably a loss. And then um, – your eight nine-hole hitters had four of your seven hits. I mean, you're not going to win a lot of games with that kind of production, especially especially against one of the best pitching rotations in the country in Texas and and best teams as well. So just a tough loss. Um, Yeah, like you said, kind of wanted to get that revenge but didn't. But the good news now. Do you have anything left for Texas before we move on to Baylor? No, not really. I mean, it – I was impressed with Burns. I think most of most of the country was impressed with Chase Burns after that. So, no, I, I don't have anything else really. I mean, you you like to get the win, but you, you made up for it the next two days. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I would like to kind of throw out there: replaying baseball. I mean, you want to grow the sport. <laughs> the length of time it takes to do a replay is not the answer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm all for uh, – uh, my. if you've seen any of my past tweets, you know that I'm I'm all for reviews. I mean, I, I want you to do whatever you have to do to get the call right. But, I mean, I, I go back to the – was it – I think it was Sunday. The foul ball that Trey Lipscomb ran all over the stands, over third base. I think he went down in the dugout in the clubhouse, went to the bathroom, came back up, and still had time to catch it. When it's obvious, it hit off the rafters up there. I mean, it worked out in Tennessee's favor, but that's one of those times where you're like, 
common sense has to take over at some point. The ball is in the air for 12 seconds. I mean, I know there were a ton of replays, so maybe we're getting the rest of them, but that was the main one to me where I'm like, well, what are we doing here? Like, let's, let's get the umpires together, make the correct call, use common sense, and you don't, you don't have to use replay on that because with the camera angles you've got, and you know what angles you've got because you've seen them all weekend and with the amount of replays you've done, you know you're not going to see anything there that's going to be able to change a call. So what what are we doing there? Yeah, I just don't get like the the one where it was a ball in the dirt. Evan Russell throws, which is a phenomenal play, throws the ball, um, just Ortega from his knees. They call him safe. It was bang, bang play. You slow it down, you immediately saw he's out. Like it shouldn't take that long to piece yeah. it together. Um, that was an easy one that I was just like, man, this is taking way too long. He's out. Move on. Um, slow it down, make the call, and then let's let's get back to playing baseball. I, I just don't understand why it's taking so long. I don't know. Is that is that a way where the umpires just feel better about it? They're like, well, they're going to hate us even overturning a call. Yeah, it's uh... – uh, it's my the one thing I've said with umpires and, and football officials too in replay. It's you can't be you can't be scared of being shown up when yeah. when the video shows you were incorrect. I mean that that's what it's there for. It's I think too many umpires take it way too personally that a, a call gets changed that they've made when that's. I'd like to have an intervention and say it's. It, you know, it's like a, a parent talking to the kid. It's like we're we're not mad. We're we're not even. I was gonna say we're just disappointed. We're not even disappointed. Like you just you messed up, and you didn't really know that you messed up. You didn't see it. Like, but we have this tool here that can can help you out. And it's like they 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 turn their nose up to it. Like, no, I'd rather I, I'd rather deal with the consequences of my bad call than be like, oh, you know, yeah, I may have missed that one. Let's get that one right. It's I, it baffles me. I don't. I don't understand it, especially from, I mean, most of these officials are at least 30 years old. I mean, they're grown men. I, I don't, I don't understand where the disconnect is in that in any sport, but that's my rant for the night. Yeah. I, I kind of like to think of it as autocorrect. Like it, it's, yeah, it's, it's there to help you. Like you said, um, it's the game is fast. You know, these are bang, bang plays. If you make a mistake, it's there to correct it. Like it's when, when you turn it in, when you when the game's finished, they don't look at like, oh, look how many calls they had to overturn because yeah. they couldn't get it right. No one cares. If you, like when you turn in a call. paper and you use autocorrect a thousand times, that teacher has no clue. Yeah. If you miss every call and we have to correct every call. Yeah. I mean, it. I'm not mad, but it, I have to I would have to wonder, like, how did you get to this level of of <laughs> this of this sport? But at the end of the day, like if the call is correct, like. Hey, no, no harm, no foul. Now you right. you may not work a game again at this level, but at least the calls are right. It, yep. It's what it's there for. Well, you want to real quick on the last thing on replay. Dylan mentioned it's the is it the ref that doesn't want to be wrong, or is it the guys in Birmingham that don't want their officials to be wrong? Because I know I think in baseball everything's done in Birmingham, right? In SEC play. Yeah, I want to say yes. Yeah, I think so. So, is it more of they don't want? Because I mean, I don't, I don't know who has the final say in that situation. I would think the right. person that can see the camera the best. I hope in football, it's not the guy on the field looking at the iPhone. 
that has the final call in that situation. <laughs> so why, in that case, why are the guys that have the full screen TVs, several angles, why are they not helping their guys on the field out? You, I mean, it's just a lack of, of, of awareness. I, it, it's bad. Replay in sports is bad. I know you're for it, Dylan. I'm prominently against it because I think they get it. I don't think it's elevated the the level of play since it's been implemented. Yeah. Implemented to your to your point there, I would wonder just because that's a good point. I would wonder because the officials in Birmingham, we never see their face on the broadcast. Like they're they're nameless, they're faceless. And, and I mean, you see a replay official in the booth sometimes, but as far as like yeah. a control center or whatever, so I don't know why they would be worried about somebody getting shown up when they're we don't know who they are so you think it'd be pretty simple for them to just be like hey you know we can see it here we're going to try to save you help you out here instead of everyone hating you at the end of the day right i think the first question to replay officials should be do you hate this guy and the answer should always be yes you always assume he's wrong and you go into it thinking he's wrong exactly you you reward him if he's right yeah no i hate replay for those reasons so (laughs) i understand so then uh baylor Baylor jumps on you in the top of the first. Definitely not ideal. Did not see that coming. Um, but the way Tennessee responded, I mean, that's got to not only build bring confidence to Chase Dolander um, or Dolander for getting to come back out there clean slate, but also for the opposing team. It's just like, man, we just scored four runs. And they scored four right back. I mean, that's demoralizing. Couldn't so. couldn't even hold it for an inning. It's a new <laughs> it's a new game after one yeah. inning. Yeah, that was insane. Um, and a lot of that was two. I think a lot of our no, the Oklahoma was a two out game. So Jordan Beck did hit the bomb with two outs. No, that wasn't that was Oklahoma. I'm getting these games mixed up. I'm sorry. The first four batters for Tennessee and Baylor got a hit. And score four runs in that inning. Um, Chase Dollander kind of settled in after that and looked fine. And then volley fingers. Kirby Cannell comes in there and shoves it. His, I don't know if it's a two-seamer or a circle change. I know the the pitching ninja, my, one of my favorite followers on Twitter, he, he posted the it's it's not a straight fastball. It's got that run to the outside against righties. It is a filthy pitch. I don't I don't know if it's a two seam or a circle change, but whatever it is, keep throwing more of them, Raleigh. Yeah, got that little little tail on it. But he pitched uh, four and two thirds innings, four hits, one on run, four Ks. I mean, like you just mentioned, nasty stuff. Um, having hitters off balance. I mean, when you don't have the overpowering stuff like a a uh, Dolander or, or a Burns or a Tidwell, you got to have some of those pitches. And Tennessee has a lot of arms that can do exactly that. He's the crafty guy in the bullpen. Uh, Camden Sewell's kind of there a little bit. I mean, he's shown he can kind of dominate a little bit more than a guy like um, – I forgot his – Kirby. I, I was thinking Volley Fingers again. I forgot his real <laughs> name. It's It's going to have to stick, man. I mean, he he's he's more of a Tom Glavin type to me. He's he maybe it's because he's a lefty. I see more of that, but he's later in his career. Tom Glavin, you know, he was he wasn't going to overpower you with anything. He when you don't have that, you have to have good stuff and you have to be able to control it. And he was he was the MVP of Saturday for me because I mean, yeah, we you came back, you got the lead while 
Dahlander's still in. You made it a new game then, but it, with his pitch count getting high, you knew somebody was going to have to give you at least two quality innings, and he did. So he yeah. he he really stabilized the game, and I think stabilized the whole weekend after that little offensive outburst. Yeah, hundred percent. You had four guys and multiple hits. Um, Dickey, Jared Dickey. I mean, machine rakes, rakes. Um, had three himself, so you know, really good offensive output. You know, after that game on on Friday night, and it was Baylor's only loss of the weekend. They beat UCLA, who ended up being te- beating Texas last night, and then uh, they beat LSU last night. So, really good win. It looks like to to knock off this Baylor team. Um, and it it seemed like a very similar game that Texas or Tennessee Tech, where they just kind of jumped on you. You came right back, scored your runs, made it even, and then just kind of went from there. I know we didn't get to finish that game, but it, it just had that same sort of vibe to me. Kind of, yeah. It's Tennessee Tech felt a little bit more relaxed just because it's it's a midweek game. You were starting a guy that's probably not going to pitch for you much this year, but the Jared Dickey leading off with the double in the in the bottom of the first really set the tone for him for the whole weekend really i think he struggled a little bit sunday but if it's what we, it's like we said we, we've got more got we'll get into christian more as we talk about oklahoma but we've got so many guys that are fighting for two spots one to two spots right now that it's it it wins you games when guys are fighting for spots like that because jared dickey has shown that he is he is going to be in this lineup somehow if he keeps hitting like this you you can't take him out same thing with christian moore it's <clears throat> you, you're going to have games where they're going to struggle and maybe they get pulled and somebody else comes in and lights a fire. I mean, it's it it's trial by error, but there's not many errors so far. So a lot of yeah, good trials. Props to this staff for just switching up that lineup a little bit. Didn't get what you wanted out of it Friday night. So, hey, we're going to change it up. Jared Dickey, I mean, you're a kind of a backup catcher. DH plays left field a little bit. I mean, when I look at him, I don't think of, like, a leadoff guy. But, dude, when you can rake like that, when you can get on base, heck, we'll put you up there. He's like a scrappy seven-hole hitter when I see him step up. I'm like, this guy this guy at the bottom. He's got the, the weird, lineup. weird yeah. like, open stance. Yeah, he's, he's just enough of a threat at the bottom of the lineup to where if you put a reliever in, you got to worry about, oh, that, there's that dicky kid, but. He's hitting a leadoff, and he hits nukes to the wall too. So, yeah. um, so get that win, uh, ten to five over Baylor, and then Oklahoma on Sunday. Man, Drew, Mother Beam. He's That's the most it. underrated player on this team, and I don't think it's even close. I mean, when when it was announced that he was a starter, I don't think anybody, unless you're kind of close to the program, really knew anything, knew much about him um, other than, you know, he played at Blackman, played quarterback, stuff like that, but didn't think he would be – and he probably wouldn't be in this starting rotation, weekend starting rotation, if, you know, Tidwell, Halverson are, is probably healthy. But, man, is he showing he belongs. Yeah, I mean, I even said it. I, I was the guy that I'm like, as soon as we get one of the other guys healthy, he he's going to be the guy that – gets pulled i think he probably still will be but i mean can you imagine you've got to go against burns dollander and 
Blade, Halverson, however we're going to mix and match those, what, four names there. And they'll say, against Tennessee Tech, somebody like that in the middle of the week, you're playing a team that you should easily handle. Hey, you, you got to go face Drew Beam, who just shut out the Sooners. Like, that. Yep. that's filthy. That's not fair to other and teams. And it's just like so – like, he doesn't have overpowering stuff either, but, man, he sits 93, maybe touching 94, 95. But, I mean, it stays at that velocity his entire outing. And it's he's so smooth with it and athletic. I mean, he makes some plays off the mound already this season. I'm just like, there's a quarterback in him. Yeah. There's an athlete. I mean, he's – I think he was an athlete first, but, man, he's turned into a pitcher real quick. I, I was going to say, when I was watching against Oklahoma, I didn't know at first if they just – if maybe they didn't have a good scouting report on him just because you would see so much when he would throw that fastball. I mean, like you said, it's 93 to 95. He He's not throwing just meatballs down the middle, but, I mean, that's not – we're seeing more of that in the game nowadays around that speed. But it was like so many times I would see the Oklahoma hitters, it's like it would surprise them at the very end. It's like his fastball's got so much late life on it that it it probably looks like it was coming in about 88, 89, and it would just surprise them then. And it's like you said, there's not there's not a ton of movement, anything like that. It's just it, it gets on you quicker than it looks like. Yeah, there it is. There's the uh, – there's a jacket I – Guess we're watching some YouTube on here. Like and subscribe. Yeah. There it is. Not that one. <laughs> yeah. That was one of his only two hits on the day. Right. I'm working. Yeah, on he it. had thought. We're, the... we're getting to the good stuff. Hold on. <laughs> what a oh, play! There's the tag. I mean, it's it... easy. He's Russell. out. Shout out Evan Russell, but that may be the most athletic play I've ever seen a second baseman make. That is not easy what he just did. No, no. Then he gets a nice rest, yeah, like you said, after replay for 10 minutes. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, but Drew Beam was phenomenal. Five innings pitched, two hits, one walk, no runs, six Ks. I mean, dude, he just, like, mixed it up. He was on Pitching Ninja as well. I mean, he has a nasty breaking ball. Yeah. And then he comes back with that high cheese at, at 94. And it's – when you look at that breaking ball, he's got some off-speed stuff. And then you come back with that high cheese, good luck. It's hard. That that makes the fastball look faster, too, when you're you're sitting on it and then he throws that curveball. I, I feel like it was – I mean, he went five innings. I feel like it was fourth or fifth inning. He threw one that it looked like it bounced in front of the plate nearly. And the guy still – Took just a full cut at it, so it, you, that's how you know it's working. I like seeing the swords, the check swings that they they had no business <coughs> swinging the bat. Just had the hitter fooled. There's a lot of those uh, this weekend with Tennessee's pitchers. But yeah, Drew Bream was phenomenal. Jordan Beck opened up the game with two outs, first inning. I mean that ball. If if Minute Maid Park is not closed in on Sunday, that ball is still going. Yeah. It's hammered. Their mascot is Orbit, I think. It, it would still be in Orbit. And J- Jordan Beck, I mean, he hit – he barreled up every single ball he touched this weekend. 
but usually it was right to the center fielder. I mean, just effortless power. And, you know, I know it's, what, 4-10 dead center. I mean, a lot of those balls are against that back wall in Lindsey Nelson. Yeah. I mean, did Jordan Beck have the most encouraging week out of anybody? I mean, he the stats won't show it, but I, I don't remember him – I don't remember him making contact with anything that wasn't a hundred miles an hour off the bat. I mean, everything his bat touched, he crushed it. Now, yeah. did he did he get a hit every at bat? Did he have seven bombs on the weekend? Tommy Tank, shout out! But I mean, he if he keeps hitting them like that, I know it's discouraging right now. But that's we we talked about Trey Lipscomb's <coughs> play. We talked about you know who's who's going to solidify the rotation. Who are the guys in the bullpen? If Jordan Beck makes contact like that all year long, they're going to start falling, and the ones that don't fall are going to continue to travel into space, maybe a little bit past that. So that's that's just another one of those things that if that's working, it takes this team to a whole nother level. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like he's going to be consistent, consistently doing that all year long. Um, and when he's doing that, it's only a matter of time for he's getting his. Um, it's kind of like I talk about on more important issues that any team Tennessee plays in basketball, their best player always gets theirs. Jordan Beck's going to get his. You got to stop everybody else, too. That, that's going to be the hard part in this lineup. You're not going to stop Jordan Beck from, you know, hitting piss rods all over the place. Can you stop the rest of them as well? Um, and then Drew Gilbert. Tweaked a oh. hamstring in Oklahoma and uh, or against Baylor, and that was kind of the only reason I guess Christian Moore was kind of in the game. Yeah, I and didn't. Then, I didn't see then. How did he? How did he tweak it? I didn't see. Just came out of the box, funky, just running down first base. Just okay. Yeah, I, I mean, just tweaked it. I don't, I don't know. Just he was bouncing around the dugout, so he looked fine. Just kind of on rest, I guess. Don't want to make it any worse than it is. So that's that, a hamstring is one of those things where I'd I'd rather him miss a few games and may, maybe you drop one in that span, but make sure he actually gets it fully recovered than trying to push him back. And that's something that's happening all year, especially a guy that plays like him that's just ninety to nothing the whole time. I mean, I, I I'd rather him sit for as long as he needs to. That way, it's not middle of May, and we're still dealing with this. And he was three for four on the weekend. He was having a a really solid – he barreled up some balls as well. Um, and, you know, just didn't get to finish out. So, he's not going to be my MVP, but he was probably on the way of, of doing so um, when you look at what Tennessee did on Sunday. But Christian Moore gets a start. And like you said earlier, it's going to be tough to keep him out of the lineup. He was uh, three for four, three RBIs a triple away from the cycle, including that inside-the-park home run where, I mean, they didn't even make the throw. I think he <laughs> jogged the whole way. Yeah. He still. <laughs> he could have ran to first, maybe second again. Maybe got a couple more bases out of it. Um, I wish I could run like that. Yeah, but nice, wouldn't it? We probably wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he's – in his limited action, five for 12, three homers, 10 RBIs, batting 417. I mean, he, 
we kind of talked about he's making us look good because we talked about before the season he's probably your best newcomer. Now, I mean, you got Drew Beam and Chase Burns that are doing their thing, but Christian Moore is going to have his opportunities down the line, um, and it probably starts this week, honestly. Yeah, I mean, did did he have does he have more RBIs than at bats this season? Did I is that a correct stat? That he, I saw? he has twelve at bats, ten RBIs. Okay, he's he's a monster. My main point being there: every time he steps in the box, it seems like something good happens, and he's right now. It's just it's. I thought about him obviously when I was thinking about my MVP pick. He, he didn't get it for me. I'll go ahead and say that just just because of I'll I'll list the reason in a minute. Just because I mean there are so many guys that can fill up in that spot right now that we're seeing that it's he did the most of what he could with his opportunity, but it's you you just wonder can he do it consistently and not is he able to, will he get the opportunity to just because there's so many guys that are, that are hitting right now that are showing they should, they should be in that last spot. So I, I want to, I want to pick one and say, Hey, you know, you're, we're rolling with you, but I, that's why Tony Vitello makes more money than I do because he's got to make that decision. So all, all the main concern facing the team right now is try to keep them happy. So nobody transfers. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what you got to do. I mean, that's that's the reality of college sports now is you got to keep recruiting them while they're on campus as well. Um, Christian Moore, going back to that, four out of his five hits are for extra bases. Three are home runs, and he had a double in there as well. So, I mean, just an insane – limited action, but he's a guy that it, it looks like he's going to get more opportunities. Maybe that was just, hey, we'll we'll throw him out there. If, if he's doing well, it'll be fine. You know, if he's not, then we'll put Drew Gilbert back in. Because Tony Vitello said after Oklahoma he could probably play on, on Sunday. Um, but they're probably only going to play him if they needed him. And when you're not giving up any runs, you you got a shutout going, there's no need to, to play Drew Gilbert. So, Good for Christian Moore. Good for him to get those opportunities and make the most out of it. This team is deep. You, you mentioned all the guys. I mean, I, I can't like <laughs> like you. Mean, there's guys that are just gonna have to see it. Like there, that's there's just not enough room in the lineup for every single person that's producing right now. Yeah, I mean, I flip a coin. That's that's how you yeah. do it. That's. No one can get their feelings hurt then because right now I, I don't know how you would be in a position to hurt anybody's feelings because they're – I mean, you, you say, okay, we're going to go purely off stats. Well, Christian Moore is tearing the cover off the ball. Jared Dickey's tearing the cover off the ball. I I just – They weren't we've seen starters. Yeah, we've seen. I mean, maybe he hasn't done it so far this year, but I feel like Kyle Booker's kind of been forgotten right now. I mean, who's to say those two don't struggle? You put Kyle Booker in and he – fully takes over the left field spot. Maybe Stevenson's yeah. struggling. I, I mean, it's – you don't wish struggles on anybody, but at this point, that's the only way you're going to get a real clear answer, honestly. I mean, it's just because there's nothing else you can decide on right now. Yeah, keep riding that hot hand. Um, it looks like maybe uh, 
Trey Liscomb came down from heaven a little bit. It had to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take it. As long as he's good to go for SEC play, that's all that matters. I mean, there's only there's only so much pop in a bat. I don't care who you are, and he's it's like it's like a video game. He's got to let it regenerate a little bit. He 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 held on the turbo for too long. He nearly hit back to back cycles. You know, multiple. He, he's getting run down by a defensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> g- give him a break for a second. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we talked about how deep this this team is, and we talked about a lot of freshmen. Jared Dickey's a redshirt freshman. We talked about Christian Moore, Drew Beam, Chase Burns. I mean, the future is bright on Rocky Top for Tennessee baseball, and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon, um, especially with Vitello at the helm. It just – it's fun. I enjoy I enjoy watching it. I enjoy seeing it. I enjoy seeing uh, – Blake Burke is another one. He went freaking oppo taco and th- this weekend. I mean, when he gets a hold of one, it's going out. He is a terrifying individual. I'll just say it right now. He, <laughs> yeah. he scares the life out of me. Yeah. Um, but man, that what a what a young core this team has. And you got guys like um who are some sophomores. Kyle Booker is a guy. Um is Kirby a sophomore? I think he's juniors. Okay, red or red, red shot sophomore, sophomore, maybe. Yeah. I think he's a third year. Gotcha. Maybe. Uh, Xander Sechrist, another guy. Christian Scott. I wanted to make sure not to forget him with the bomb to left field. I mean, I feel like he's kind of a guy that probably feels a little bit left out with just, like you said, all the freshmen. But, I mean, he goes opposite field. I know it's, yeah, it's the short porch in left field. That's what everybody's saying. It's the same short porch that Drew or Jordan Beck nearly hit it completely out of the stadium over it. But, (laughs) I mean, Christian Scott. Had a decent weekend. It's that that's a guy that I kind of forgot about, honestly. I mean, not not even in a bad way, but you've got so many options. You're like, oh yeah, he he played he's played for us before. Like he's got experience. That's somebody else that showed out a little over the weekend. I, I thought Evan Russell hit the ball well. I mean, yeah. we thought he would kind of die off a little bit being behind the plate, um, but it, it seems to not really affect him too much. Had that home run against Texas. Um, I think he has three on the year or something, two or three on the year or something like that. Threw some guys out. Not as much we probably like. I think that's the one thing. Let me ask you this. Evan Russell, great weekend. What What's the biggest weakness of this team that you've seen so far? Uh, it's, it's Evan Russell behind the plate. Just, uh, I mean, the, the one he threw out at second, like we were talking about with the review earlier. Good recovery and, and a decent throw, but I mean, Jarrell Ortega got you that out. I mean, that's that's just an athletic play. It's we saw it more over this weekend. I just we get into SEC play, and I feel like it's going to be a pretty big burden as far as keeping people off the bases because if they see it, we've seen it. If they see a chance to steal, they're going to steal, and they. They're going to do it until Evan Russell consistently throws them out. I mean, he, he – I don't think he looked bad back there again, but he he just – he kind of – he looks like a guy that hasn't played much catcher, just being honest. I mean, he he handles the staff well. I I thought – I mean, he got shout-outs from Pav on that uh, – I think it was the 101-mile-an-hour pitch 
that he stuck right at the knees, framed it perfectly. I mean, I saw that and I was like, that's beautiful. <coughs> yeah. But it's the other part of the game where I'm I'm concerned where if teams know that they can take off on you and they start doing it, especially when Dahl Andrews on the mound, who just doesn't have a quick motion anyway, it's that that worry that that's the only real weakness I see so far. Yeah, that that's that's mine too. Um and, and it's it has really nothing to do with Evan. I mean, it's kind of just unfortunate that he is in that position and he's played better than I thought. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he has thrown out a couple kids, but you know, you can't have seven stolen bases in a game like you did on Saturday against Baylor. Um, that just can't happen, especially, you know, when things are going to get tied in the SEC, that just can't happen. Um, There's going to be games where the offense isn't, isn't, you know, seven, eight runs a game. It's going to be a, a three to two kind of game. And the, that one run can be the difference. And against a team like Vandy, Arkansas, I mean, I know you don't, we don't play Arkansas this year, I don't think, in regular mm-hmm. season, but. Teams, teams with good players and good athletes to back it up too. I mean, I know you're in the SEC; you got a lot of good athletes, but especially teams that do it consistently. That's a stolen base, though it seems really small, can be the difference between a game like that. So I, I don't know what we're going to do when we get there. Just I hope Blade Tidwell is back and we keep them off the bases. So yeah, that, that's that's a good thing about having one of the best pitching staffs yeah. in the country is. You know, a lot of the times you don't have to worry about them getting on base, but when they are getting on base, it, it seems like there's, um, you know, a pattern where they're they're taking off. So, you know, I'm sure you know SEC has the best coaches in America, so they're absolutely going to see that and and take advantage of it. So, got to get better, got to improve on it, and I think he's only going to get better yeah. the more he plays. Um, yeah, just got to do it consistently. Consistent. Like I can't say that word. I don't know why I can't, but I can. Um, you can't consistently say consistently. I can't. No, it's <laughs> weird. It's just not in my my brain. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of the only weakness I have. Other than, you know, you can't have. You know that that top of the lineup has to be stout. That's why you were so good last year. Ferguson, Rucker, Spence. You know, if you don't have that production up there, <clears throat> I'm not saying they have to hit 800 like Jared Dickey was at one point, but you need a, can, a guy that, that can get on base most no, – I wouldn't say most, but, you know, batting around 400, 350, something like that. I'd love to see it be Seth Stevenson just with his speed because that, that's you, – you get on base and you're immediately a threat to get in scoring position and score right there, but – I mean, we saw it with Liam Spence. He wasn't just a blazer on the base pass, but he, he got on base all the time. So if yeah. that's Jared Dickey, I, I don't care how fast. I mean, Jared Dickey's not slow, certainly, but the, the uh, an added weapon up at the top like that that can get on base consistently is very dangerous. But, yeah, if, if Jared Dickey's going to hit 800 the whole year, I, he could he could trip and still yeah. just stay at first base. Every yeah, time. put him at care. the top. Yeah. Um, Logan James is another guy they'd love to get going. Yeah. Just hasn't yet to this point. That was my pick to win the DH job. Yep. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, super excited. We'll go MVP real quick, and then uh, we'll kind of 
close this thing out? Mine, I'll go uh, Drew Beam. Just because five innings, two hits, six strikeouts against Oklahoma. I mean, he. we were worried. We, we said it before the year who was going to step up when Halverson and Tidwell were out. And he's, he's shown that even though he's a freshman, even though he's he's still pretty young as far as a baseball player, as far as a baseball career goes. I mean, we mentioned high school quarterbacks who, you know, he wasn't purely focused on it. Missed time with COVID like everybody has. Hasn't played – just hasn't played much baseball. Yeah, Tommy John last year. Yeah, I mean, a guy that – I mean, he he hasn't pitched over 10 games and maybe his career since Little League. And you go out there in a big league park against Oklahoma and you put on a show like that. I mean, it's it's like you've said, more of the just insanely talented freshman that we have, and that's a guy that I feel like his – his my opinion of him completely changed over the weekend. Not that I had a poor opinion before, just as far as what his ceiling can be. I, I saw a whole new level that he can go to. Yeah, I like that one. And what I like the most about this staff is they throw strikes. Fifty three of Drew Beam's sixty eight pitches on Sunday were strikes. That's winning baseball. That's yeah. what that is. That's <coughs> that's what Frank Anderson wants. That's that's why Drew Bream is in the position that he is. He throws strikes um, and does a great job doing that. I'm going to go another pitcher. Volley fingers. Kirby. The stash. Yeah. Um, you know, Chase Dollander didn't have it. or I wouldn't say didn't have it. He settled in nicely, but only pitched those three innings. And then Kirby just was huge down the stretch. I mean, only giving up one run in those four and two-thirds inning when, you know, that's – he doesn't really go more than two or three innings. And they just kept riding him. He just kept going out there and producing. They kept riding him. They weren't going to make the same mistake twice and, um, you know, shorten an outing that that probably could have went another inning. They let him go as as long as he needed to go. And um, that was a a big key to, to Saturday, and I think that led to that momentum into Sunday as well. Absolutely. A benefit that you don't think of a lot with having so much depth is you you give – because sometimes you pull guys early in the year early like that just because you're like, well, we don't want to overwork them this early. We don't want to risk injury. And, yeah, you don't want to get anybody hurt, but you have so much depth that it allows you to say, hey, you know, Kirby, go throw another inning. Yeah. If you tweak something, guess what? We got five other guys that are coming in right now that, that can that can take over for you. So – it allows it allows a lot of guys to build confidence and get to a next level just because they the staff has the benefit of being able to do that now. Yeah, and it's got to give them some uh, some confidence when you give up four runs and your offense comes back and scores four um, right after that. So <clears throat> love to see that. Love to see this team still competing. Um, top ten team can't take it away from us. We're here now. And uh, I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon. This weekend, you got James Madison tomorrow and Wednesday. They're okay. Um, Rhode Island, one of the worst teams in college baseball. Probably not as bad as Iona, but uh, they are 0-10 on the year so far. So, could be another long weekend. But uh, probably a lot of bombs, get a lot of people some looks. So, we'll see. 
I'm excited to see this team play again. I heard the weather's not going to be great, so that kind of sucks. But, hey, we're getting all the bad weather out of the way come SEC play. That next weekend's going to be South Carolina, so let's tune everything up and uh, and get ready for the Gamecocks open up SEC play. I'd rather it be sunny in 75 then. If, if we're going to we're gonna play Rhode Island, we they can bring the Rhode Island weather with them. We'll, we'll deal yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they don't take a bus from Rhode Island. That's a, that's a far drive. I'm not sure I know where Rhode Island's at, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's somewhere up there. Yeah, it's it's up there. Yeah, not not anywhere I want to be for sure. No. Um, Caleb, you got anything? No, I think you think you guys hit it all. So, all right, perfect, good. I'm out, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Monday talking about this weekend and the rest of the week. Y'all have a good rest of your week, and um, go balls. Peace.